Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3. On the FM dial, we welcome you to a Tuesday program. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple hours. We take you right up until towards noon. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, we're going to talk to our friend John Bowenkamp from Sports Illustrated, the Maven, uh, the uh, Iowa arm of the Maven. Of course, he was in attendance yesterday day at uh, Gary Barda's uh, press conference. We'll recap that to start the show and then more with John Bowen Camp. Some baseball sprinkled in as well as he is hardcore MLB. Uh, Life Serve Blood Center, our friend Danielle West. We promised that we would give her airtime in advance of their big event and the big event, the big blood drive. Uh, is coming up this Thursday. It's the big one, the Blood Donor Day 2020. Of course, uh, COVID-19 precautions will be in place uh, from 9 a.m. until 7. It takes place at Valley West Mall out in West Des Moines. Uh, Drive-by appointment only, and you need to get your appointments, and Danielle West is going to uh, join us at about 10.45, 10.50 or so uh, to preview... um, they lost 13,000 donations while they were in, in the shutdown period. Wow. So that's a lot of catching up to do. It's a major event on Thursday. Danielle's going to join us uh, at 1045-ish. At 11 o'clock, looking forward to this, uh, Matt Holt, who I used to work with uh, at, uh, at the company we both worked for in Las Vegas. He's gone out on his own. He started his own company, uh, usintegrity.com, usintegrity.com, sports integrity monitoring detects and discourages fraud game fixing manipulation dot 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 Uh, matt holt will join us the reason i wanted to have him on is it's my opinion my partner doesn't share it uh that uh, when college football rolls around that there may be some properties that take college football wagering off the board uh, because of the fact that we know how guarded a lot most uh, college football coaches are when it comes to injuries. Why would they be any different with one of their players get stricken with the virus? So I wanted to pick Matt Holt's brain uh, on that trend. But you believe that um, that they'll still offer the games? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott yesterday, that was kind of interesting. He played the Hippocard. He was disappointed that he was outed on Twitter. I believe it was his agent, though. It was his agent. Right? And HIPAA... That does not fall under the line of agents. Right. He put the uh, the big HIPAA question mark the up Cowboys there. The Cowboys did not put out that no. information. Where but will the Cowboys have to put out that? They have to, If he blows out a knee or he's mm-hmm. hurt his elbow or he's concussed, that report comes out on, when's the first one? Monday or Tuesday? Mm-hmm. And then Thursday. And then final um, is... Well, supposed to be Friday or Saturday. Uh, they can update it by then. But um, would Ezekiel Elliott been on an injury report because of HIPAA? I think the way the NFL, at least it's been in the past, absolutely. That's something that's going to have to be there. But we're talking about new territory. We're talking mm-hmm. about something that is a different kind of conversation. And with it, as we don't know exactly what this does long term to the people that are stricken with it. And even for the people that turn out to be had it were asymptomatic, if something down the line 
could crop up because we're talking about professionals and their next contract, what their next mm, money's going yeah. to be. And boy, you know what? It's not this guy's had two ACL surgeries and he's not going to get the same contract. Right. It's his lungs were infected with COVID nineteen. How much is going yeah. to be left in the tank? How much is that going right. to impact him staying in shape? And on and on it's and great, all these it's questions. It's and, a great unknown. Yeah, and it, they're fair questions. And that is something. That will be collectively bargained when we yeah. uh, when we get to that point on both sides. And, and something new that, the, what, a 10-year agreement from the NFL and the Players Association, but that's another one they're going to have to go back to the drawing board for. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Uh, the reason Matt Holtz at 11, the governor of the state of Iowa, normally Kim Reynolds holds her, her uh, COVID press conference on Tuesday, but I guess the, uh, the vice president, Mike Pence, is in town mm. or... In the air, I want to say Ames, but I could be mistaken. Uh, so there will be no uh, COVID nineteen update. We've got the latest numbers. Des Moines Register just uh, tweeted them. Another nine people uh, with COVID nineteen have died, uh, but um, c- cases. And I've been following it closely, but one hundred twenty seems like that's down. These are new cases, an okay. additional 120 cases, um, but nine people. These are the numbers as of yesterday. Uh, nine deaths and one hundred and twenty. Uh, new cases. So we'll talk to Matt Holt from U.S. Integrity. Look forward to that conversation coming up at 11. And then at about 11.25, our friend Zubin Mahente will join us. Zubin, Trent, and I will go around the world of sports as we do with Zubin. And uh, there's seldom a Tuesday where there's not a lot of topics on the table uh, that we can get to. Obviously, the well, I'm sure Zubin will want to opine on uh, what he heard from Gary Barty yesterday, from Chubba Hubbard, uh, and Mike Gundy yesterday at Oklahoma State. That was a... Um, uh, that that one took a turn very quickly. I don't think a lot of people saw it coming. Once Hubbard, who is as gifted a running back as there is in college football and could have left after uh, the season last year but decided to come back because he loves the college game and uh, wanted to do so, uh, he was not happy uh, with his head coach. And then a number of people, number of people, um, n- number of players on Oklahoma State came out and took his side as things, and uh, it went from there. So uh, we will um, talk about that with Zubin. I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll get into Major League Baseball with Zubin. Dot, dot, dot. You had high school baseball last night? Yes, great night Principal at the ballpark. Park. Yeah, just uh, a shade under 1,000 people there for the double dip between the Rough mm-hmm. Riders of Roosevelt and Ankeny Centennial. I wonder how many of those just under 1,000 people were attending their first high school baseball game. That's a really good question. I do wonder that. Saw a lot of people that were masked up uh, walking mm-hmm. in, and I did the same thing walking in there. Got to my booth, and then I was good after that. So didn't have the microphone muffled as I was doing the play-by-play. But really fun night, just seeing the people, seeing the smiles on the kids' yeah. faces out there on the ball field, playing baseball. And now, was Roosevelt practice while wearing masks? Did they play? They have uh, – they're really cool. So they're these – I don't know if they're navy blue, their color, if they're black, uh-huh. but really dark – and it goes around their neck, and then they can pull it up. So there was early in the first game. Well, those kind of like, no, 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 this, this might be my Canadian show. Did you guys have those? No. We called them dickies. Dickies that you pull up over yeah, the face. Yeah, I mean, it was more so for us when we were you know playing hockey outside. Sure, yeah. And it covers your neck, uh-huh. right? And you could pull them up, I guess, and mm-hmm. cover your face. So they wore those in the dugout. And they wore them out on the field. They did. So when they came together, the team came together for the first mound conference. Mm-hmm. The pitching coach came out there. He had his mask on. Yeah. And all the infielders, as they came in, they all pulled up this this 
face covering and put it over their mouths. When they were playing, they didn't have it on, but when they got together and they had these kind of meetings, that's what they did. After every inning in high school baseball, I see the college level, a little huddle before you go back mm-hmm. into the dugout after the half inning. Same thing there. All the players come together, they put their masks up. So Des Moines Roosevelt did that, Ankeny Centennial did not. Just different decisions. Right. And also Des Moines Public Schools has a couple more parameters that their school yep. district has put in, but it seemed like it worked very effectively. It worked very well. Uh, fun night. Fun night. Nankini Centennial. I told you I like that team. I, I still don't know how they weren't in the top 10 preseason of the coaches. I got a bone to pick with those guys at the Coaches Association. But really, really good team, and they do- took both sides of the doubleheader. Good stuff. Uh, apparently, I just got a text. Uh, the vice president will land in Mason City Airport, and then they're off to the Winnebago Industry. In Forest City. In Forest City. So yeah. that's where the... Uh, uh, flying the into Mason City. My uncle's done that a time or two. Not a whole lot of planes making their way. Well, and Air Force 2 is pretty big, I would think, right? I mean, can you... I, I, Yes, you can yeah, land you can, it there. Yeah. They're not just going to take I a hope chance. they had that figured out before he got yeah, in the you air. You would think. Uh, Justin wants to chime in, and he's welcome to do so, as anybody is. Uh, Justin, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, Justin? Well, what's, uh, I just called to uh, let Trent know that I was appreciating his play-by-play on the uh, baseball game last night. And then on the news this morning, they had uh, CBS this morning, they had the Ankeny Centennial Roosevelt game on there. Did they really? That's really cool. Yeah. Now yeah, we're, we're, they had the uh, the players kneeling. They showed yeah. the uh, the seats with the zip ties and the social distancing. Oh wow, well, that's awesome! Pretty yeah, good coverage. and that was on CBS this morning. Is that what you're saying? CBS, uh, what their their uh, their morning, morning show? show? Yep, interesting. Yeah, their morning show. Yeah, I, I walked in and I was like, man. They totally butchered the Ankeny name. Though, yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, I couldn't even recreate it if I could. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Justin, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Ken. Good to talk and, to you. And thanks yeah. for the shout-out there. Love yeah, doing that's the play-by-play. Play. I know you do. I could feel the uh, getting the cobwebs out, you know, mm-hmm. the first inning or two. It's just... It's like everything, three months away and mm-hmm. back up riding the bike once again with high school baseball. It was a great night. Those zip ties. Did you see that? I did not. I haven't seen, a, I haven't seen any Scott of Scott Saylor had it on Twitter over the yeah. weekend as they were working on it. A, a really cool idea. It makes it very simple for the people you, making their way in where you can sit. Yeah. Well, there's a zip tie there. All right. You're not going to be there. They also have it set up. So you're a family of four. Mm-hmm. All right. These are the together. areas that have four yeah. seats together. Awesome. You have eight. Here's the areas that eight are together. And I think eight is the maximum that they have, but you can also find out they have a map there and find out, all right, we have just a couple. Mm-hmm. We want to sit with just us two. You can do that too. So they have it set up incredibly well. They'll be back on Wednesday, tomorrow night. It'll be Des Moines Lincoln uh, against Dowling Catholic and that doubleheader out of Principal Park. So you're looking for a ball game and want to easily be able to do social distancing. You can do that. 995 fans in attendance. Yep. That's great. So, um, you know, you're not doing Wednesday, right? No. Your next game is Friday? Friday night. Yep. We'll be out at Waukee for the first time and back to a real high school field <laughs> uh, for that one. So uh, will there be some to changes to the schedule after you were spoiled at Principal Park last night? They, they do a very nice job out there. Very appreciative. And, and I hope this works well for the Iowa I Cubs. I hope they can for everybody. Yeah, find some kind of way yeah. to make it. They have a bunch of games scheduled. I know they're still working on a few more out there, and you just hope that this is something. Look, this isn't going to you know, make the bottom line what it normally would be during right, a minor right, league right. season, but at the very least, keep some people employed, mm-hmm. keep people out there, keep people busy on top of it. The social distancing, I went in between the two games. I had uh, recorded a couple interviews with the coaches before the games last night. So as we were playing those, I went down. Grabbed a hot dog and a water, and uh, how just many to concession see what it was. stands were open? Just one, just one, just okay. one. Kind of the the bigger one right up the third baseline there. Yeah, 
They have the X's to let you know six feet apart where to stand. You when get up you're there, in line. For when the you're concern, in line, yeah. you uh, make your way up, and then everything's there. You know, the popcorn's in a box. Well, not everything. The hot dogs, the brats, and those are the only two food options that no they beer had. At the high no beer. No, 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 no beer. Yeah, and those were, they're all out. They're in kind of a warming station like you'd see at a gas station. They're there. You grab what you want. You grab your soda from the cooler back behind whatever it is. You go up. This is what I have. You pay, and you move on. So it's set up very effectively, very good. I was in and out. I was able to you know get back up to the box in six, seven minutes, even with a line mm-hmm. there. So they've really thought everything through at a high level. That's great. All the Iowa Cubs employees, I saw our friend Randy Wayhofer yep. as I was getting in line. They all are masked up. Everybody was ready. It was about as efficient and effective. I didn't see any complaints That's good. from anybody. And a really fun night at the So ballpark. how much national coverage? Any idea what we uh, what the uh, we as a state were, uh, uh, how we were showing, I guess, in national outlets? You know, nationally, there was a lot of conversation about the Roosevelt team kneeling. Yeah, how did it go over at the ballpark? At the ballpark, you know, you... I wondered if there was going to be kind of a murmur yeah. or, or a grumbling. I heard none of that. Good. As as I was looking out there, the coaches were standing behind the team. They all were mm-hmm. standing at attention. The players, every one of them, every one of the varsity players took a knee all together in unity there. Roosevelt probably has on their team 12 minorities, I think mm-hmm. is the number right mm-hmm. in that range, on the varsity roster. And they made the decision together that this is what they're going to do. And it's the new normal. It is true. It, it's what it's going yep. to be. And there's going to be arguments. There's going to be back and mm-hmm. forth. But for them, that was a decision that they came to. They're not. Now, was that played up nationally? Do you know? Yeah, and that's where uh, after the game, Rush Niggett, who did the game, yeah. his son is on the uh, Roosevelt squad. He sent me a, a bunch of different things, different places that he saw it when we got home. That was talking about it on a national level, from CNN to the Hill, ESPN.com. It was all over the place. So, nationally. did that become the story? Do you think? Or the fact Probably that unfortunately, I, was I, yeah. I think a lot of people went that way too. Yeah. But it goes hand in hand, and and it's kind of the confluence of everything that we have going on in this world. You know, we just heard from Justin there that said the story on CBS this morning wasn't yeah. just about the kneeling. Right. It was also about COVID and how they're social distancing, uh-huh. and I think it's all encompassing everything here. The national spotlight it continues to be on Iowa, and we talked to Chris Quayar yesterday. There are people across the country that are watching sure. and seeing how this is going to go and if it's going to lead to a spike. And when we see COVID cases develop, like we saw yesterday, the young man from Woodbine mm-hmm. that, that had it, how that's going to play out. And the next question and the next hurdle is going to be not when one player or two players have right. it, but if a whole team or, or close to a whole team, what happens? What happens to them? What happens when you get to tournament time? Those are still some of the big hurdles in front of them. Yeah, and then, of course, the bigger hurdle is the contact sport down the road yes. that uh, starts in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of eyeballs and uh, a lot of a uh, lot of football players, coaches, fans, hoping that baseball can show the way to uh, to get through this and, and pave the way for football to happen this fall. All right, so let's, uh, let's go back to yesterday, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Gary Barta. Uh, met with the media yesterday, and um, we hadn't heard from him. Uh, he was he was part of that meeting. His doc told us uh, the the meeting last week that got a little spirited. Doc said when he joined Trent and I yesterday about eleven thirty that uh, it was awkward. It did not go well. Uh, that he took a lot of uh, that a lot of people taking a lot of players taking shots at not only him but uh, at Ference, and um, that that's what that. You know, you, when you come together and you um, don't hold back and you get everything out there, and that's the way to do it, and apparently was uncomfortable. I, I got to tell you, Trent, watching Gary Barta yesterday, I thought it was 
Maybe his best moment is the AD of the University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. I really did. And it, it was more than, yes, did, did the emotions, when he got choked up, did that, did that affect me that moved him up in my eye? Of course it did. Um, you, you, look, you could tell. He struggled at times. Yeah. I mean, he had to stop, gather himself, took a drink of water on both occasions, and then continued on. So th- this is clearly affected Gary Barda and I think will affect change at the University of Iowa, especially under his watch. I thought he had a uh, maybe the best hour of his Iowa career yesterday. Now, it's a start. It is. We've got to continue forward with this. But I thought Barda was at his best. Yourself? Yeah, I was with you. And there's a concern, I think, always lingering about this just becoming lip service. This is what you're supposed to say. This is what you're supposed to do. But when it actually comes to implementing change, mm-hmm. it falls by the wayside. And right. I think that's regardless of your walk of and life. And that's always that been the case, Trent, in, in, this, in this country. It's, it's no longer the case. Yeah. This is bringing about change, I am convinced. This is, uh, we've seen stories like this in the past, you know, after Ferguson. I think our proximity mm-hmm. made that certainly bigger here no in the question. Midwest and where we are. And it felt like that there was going to be big change that yep. happened after that. And it didn't. And for all intents and purposes, it just kind of petered out. Mm-hmm. It was just, all right, well, we got that, and we have this next shiny object. And there are big things in front of us, but it goes to something that I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago. And somebody had said, you know, just great having, would be great to have all the sports back right now, just so we had something to distract us. Yeah, it, I don't want to be distracted. It's good we don't have that right. distraction. It's good that we don't have the NBA. And, yeah. oh, they're wearing T-shirts and they're saying things in interviews, but... We're not here to talk about right. that. We're just going to talk about the game. And that's the way that it turns out. Well, no, we this don't have is games. the story. And it is yeah. the story. And it continues to be the story day after day, week after week, because it's important. Because this is something, as a society, we need to work towards. As Americans, we need to work towards and improve upon what we're hearing and really listening to the people that are involved. Really listening to the concerns and the issues that continue to crop up. Real change, it feels like it is happening. And that's something that certainly makes me hopeful for the future, hopeful mm-hmm. for my kids' future, that this is going to be the America that we live in, the America that we're going to be a part of going forward. I'm, uh, I have no doubt that, uh, that it, it is the youth that is going to lead us in this direction. and um, Good for them for, for leading that. And one day they will no, no longer be the youth. Right, right. right. They'll be um, the people in power. Absolutely. Uh, Major League Baseball from yesterday. Oh. Well, let's let's finish up on Barta, okay. Barta first of all, because um, you know I Brian Ferris was brought up, Wallace was brought up, uh, Leistakow I thought asked tremendous questions. I mean, he really did. Uh, Leistikow, uh, Chad Leistakow was um, on top of his game yesterday. Gary Barta, you know, he, he kind of swallowed hard. Well, it's a fair question. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that twice in in response to uh, to Chad's questions on both of them, but. Um, it's Seth Wallace to me, Trent. Uh, Brian Ferentz is he's caught up in it, but I, I I don't think that you know there might be some internal something handled internally. But it's the it's mocking um, the young man for and putting his grade point average up on making that public and ridiculing. Trent, you can't do that. No, no, that's not a at all. fireball offense. Yeah, it really and truly. I mean, that that to me is egregious. Nah, I shouldn't say it. I don't want to compare. That's an egregious um, foul that he committed there, and and I wouldn't be a bit surprised um, if there is one more to go that it's him. You know, one of the things that I continue to to look forward to and wonder about how this is going to 
impact the coaching staff. I think we can all agree. There was a system of bullying in place uh-huh. with Coach Doyle. And I think the trickle-down effect. not demeaning. Yeah, and the trickle-down effect certainly happened inside of some coaches. This is old-school mentality. This is what I grew up with with coaches for the most part. I'm sure you had the same kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's what it was. Because I used to get told to put my purse down before I went oh, to the court. Oh, yes, yeah. Right? All the time, yes. All the time. Put Those your kind purse of down. Yeah. I mean, you don't I, do that today. Football practice, seventh grade. And it was about... Your grandma can hit harder than that. Mm-hmm. They didn't remember hearing it from Mr. New Owner time in and time out. It was always about your grandmother's better than you on the football field and those types of comments and those type of things. We have to evolve. We have to change. But I think the trickle-down effect that came from Doyle and the strength and conditioning also permeated. Brian Ferentz, he's a different kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He's very outspoken. Yeah, He's a hothead. He's, he's a hothead. Yeah. And he can be a bit of an a-hole. I uh-huh. think we can all see that. And that certainly, you would guess, goes to the practice field and into the games, the way that he acts there. For him, for people that are wired that way, they need to change. What's the old uh, the old adage? Adapt or die? Right. And I think that's the case for Brian Ferentz sure. and Seth Wallace. Both those guys. I'm sure Wallace will get that opportunity, Trent. I yeah. think Brian Ferentz will. I think this Wallace... I, I think when the... Um, the firm that's been commissioned, Doc just put it out. They're going to get paid between two hundred and seventy-five and six hundred dollars an hour Whew. to work on this, which is probably the going rate. It probably is. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll see what they. But I. But it, as I sit here today, I think maybe the one of the more damning chapters of their findings is going to be Seth Wallace. Yeah, and, and we'll above see, and beyond Chris Doyle. Yeah, yeah. If that plays out as it's all right, you need to go to sensitivity training. Yeah, or if it's something as simple as that, I'm sure there's going to be something implemented in terms of the coaching staff as a whole, in terms of or the people that are not minorities on that staff that they're going to have to go through, they're going to have to learn and do that. But, yeah, if it goes a step further, I think you're right, though. If there is another coach that isn't back for the 2020 mm-hmm. season, I think Seth Wallace is at that top of the list. Uh, let's move on to Major League Baseball. John Camp coming up in a few minutes. We're going to get uh, Danielle West from LifeServe. Uh, their big blood drive is coming up this weekend, and they, according to the press release, um, being down and, and not being able to hold the 500 blood drives that they would have done accounted for 13,000 lost donations. And Thursday is the big event. Uh, it's at Valley West out in um, in West Des Moines. So more about that. Uh, so let's do baseball real quick. I'm sure we'll bring it up with John Bowen Camp. Trent, I'm still... Uh, convinced that this is all part of a big plan where the owners, they want to play 48 to 54 games. They're not interested in playing any more than that. They are bound and determined that September the 27th is going to be the end date of the regular season. So take that date, work backward 48, work backward 54, whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's when they're going to start baseball. And if they would have agreed yesterday or today or tomorrow, they would have had to play more games because there's more days left on the calendar. Tony Clark and the Players Association, I think, played this perfectly. What they did over the weekend where they called the owner's bluff. Yep. And they said, all right, tell, tell us, us what's where. Yep. We're, we're, we're there. When and where. Yep, we already have an agreement. Tell us. Mm-hmm. And put it back on the owners. And they say they want to hit a right right around that 50-game mark. Well, in order to do that, you're talking about, what, about July 25th is, I think, kind of the, the day that it come back. We're sitting here on June 16th. They don't need a six-week lead-up to no, get to it. Which is why they're delaying for so a couple So they're weeks. going to stretch it out. Yep. Oh, no, we, we'd like to go back to the bargaining table. Oh, they're, they're not working in good faith. They worked in good faith. We have an agreement. Let's go with it. Yeah. You just tell us. 
and it continues to paint the owners in a worse and worse light. Again, we're complaining about the millionaires and billionaires and on and on here, but this is putting them back in the corner. And the owners, certainly from everything that I've read over the last day or so, they are on their heels a little bit. And the Players Association played this about as well as they can. Will there be agreement? Will there be an additional gap to this? I don't see that. Manfred, though, last night, coming out and saying there might not be now a 2020 well, this season. This was five days after he said he's 100% uh-huh. sure that we will. This was Wednesday he said that. What an awful, awful look. brutal. Yeah, as many people have pointed out, Gary Bettman is no longer at the bottom of the commissioner <laughs> food chain as far as popularity. John Bowenkamp's very popular. We'll talk with him next. Uh, Trent and I take you until noon. Daniel West from LifeServe Blood Support. Matt Holt, U.S. Integrity. Will college football be on the betting menu this fall? We'll talk to Matt Holt about that. He works with a lot of leagues, both professional and collegiately. U.S. Integrity does. And then Zubin Mahente, our buddy, in about an hour from now from ESPN. Trent and I, Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.net. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent and I take you up until noon. Right now, John Bowenkamp writes for Sports Illustrated. It is the Maven, the Hawkeye Maven. John joins us as we take a look back at uh, yesterday and the uh, some of the events uh, leading up to that as well as we're going to get into Major League Baseball, I'm assuming, as John is a big, big baseball fan, as both Trent and I are as well. Hello, John, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. Good morning. How you doing? Doing well. Appreciate it as always, John. And you know, it was uh I thought Gary Barda's best hour as a as the athletic director at Iowa. Um sure there was some things he brought up the uh the committee that was formed in what, two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen, and seemingly that was at the time maybe the they they wanted to do the right thing. I'm not sure that they followed through on that. I have no doubt that they will this time, and I think that that's more than just wishful thinking. I think we're really seeing stuff uh, out of, uh, in particular, Gary Barty yesterday was very emotional. Uh, was that his best hour as the AD at Iowa, in your opinion? Yeah, I thought I thought yesterday went um, better than maybe I thought it was going to, uh, you know, because you, you just didn't know what was going to be said when when they originally said there was going to be a press conference on, you know, when they when we got the email on Sunday, I just figured it was going to be, we haven't heard from Gary, this is you know, this is going to be kind of, you know, he's going to answer some questions and maybe not answer some. And then you had yesterday morning, they get, you know, they get rid of Chris Doyle. And now all of a sudden there's some significance now that's going to come out of this. And, you know, I, I thought he handled everything really well yesterday. I mean, I, I think there's still a lot of open questions about what has gone on and and how this is going to proceed. And and, and, and to me, that that's going to be the biggest thing is, is – They've said all the right things. He said all the right things yesterday. Kirk Ferentz said all the right things. Now it's going to be about how how can they how can they proceed? What are they going to do next? What sort of actions are going to happen next? And so I thought yesterday was 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 a really good start for him and for the program. But like I said in, in my column today, there's there had there has to be a lot more steps coming up. 
it seems like the university has worked through at least parts of it in the football program. Uh, going back to last year, Broderick Brins was brought, brought in, former mm-hmm. defensive end for the Hawkeyes, to help lead a, a role uh, talking about diversity, equity, inclusion inside the football program and the athletic department. Some of these steps, I know we don't have anything concrete, but there's still a lot to be kind of figured out on that avenue. The former players getting together, I know Kirk is leading that and having some kind of, of work together. My question becomes, when something comes up, where is going to be the first conversations? Is it going to Kirk Ferentz? And some people still might not be comfortable going there. Are there going to be other steps and other avenues for these players to raise concerns when they do come up? Well, that was one of the things that, that Gary Barta brought up yesterday about the diversity task forces. Maybe this group has to be one that, that players can go to if they're not comfortable in going to their coach. And I do think it needs to be stressed to, to all of them. Say, look, you know, you need to talk to your coach. And, and Kirk needs to say to them, my door is open. You need to come in and talk to me. But I do think that, that, they, that, that this diversity task force that they had, I think that it's going to get more responsibilities here. Mm-hmm. And I think it is going to become a sounding board for, for some of these athletes who may not be comfortable. And, and, yeah, maybe they go and talk to Kirk Ferentz, but there may be some things they leave out just because they're not comfortable They've got to have another avenue to go, and I think this task force is going to be where they have to go. Yeah, Broderick Spins, all of a sudden, he's he's going to play a huge role in this, John. I agree with you. There's a lot on his plate all of a sudden. Yeah, and, and, and I think he's a good leader, and, and I think he's a good leader for that part of it, and I think Mike Daniels is going to be yep. a very good leader for the, for, the, for the advisory committee of former players. And so Kirk's going to have a couple of very powerful voices in his ear right now in those two. And I think that's a good sign. I think that's a good, that's a good start for this program moving forward because I, I, I have a lot of confidence in both men that they will, they will speak up. And if they, if they notice anything wrong, they're going to, they're going to tell Kirk about it. And I think that's a good thing. I think this is, these, these two are, are very powerful men who, who can say things that, that can get through to Kirk Barrett. And to Gary Barta. You know, the question was brought up to Barta about does he believe that, is he confident that Kirk Ferentz is the guy that leads them through them? Now, of course, he's not going to say no, but, but, but I still think the response was very good. And I think it's a feeling that most everybody has. If there is somebody 65 years old that I feel confident that can work through these things, at least me personally, it's Kirk Ferentz and Gary Barta certainly echoed that. Yeah, and I and because he said, you know, because I've seen him handle, you know, the the positive parts of, of his career since Gary Bart has been at Iowa, and I've seen him handle the negative parts of his career, and, and I know he can, and I and you know, and just in talking to him the other day, you know, in the last few days, he thinks that you know he knows that he's hearing the right things. I think Kirk Parent. and so I think that's why it gives him confidence, and 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 I'm like you, I I have confidence too moving forward because I think. That that yeah, he may have been listening to some of these players before, but I think now he knows he has to leave that door open for them. He has to be he has to be more connected with them, with with his players and 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 with the staff and and everything that goes on than maybe he's been in the last few years. Just because I think he he's gotten very comfortable with those around him, and they think oh, and he thinks oh, they can do the job. That's when bad things happen, you know. And so I think I think moving forward, I think he knows. I think Gary Barta has probably told him, and I think he knows you have to start dealing with things 
you have to deal with all of this because you're the man in charge of the program. Mm. Uh, it's my opinion, John, that if there is still one more uh, coach a casualty that comes out of this, that Seth Wallace to me is on the uh, the thinnest of ice. I mean, if there were, if you're at a lecture, pick pick the class at the University of Iowa, and the the professor's up at the top of the class, and he decides to walk over to the board and and, and you know and mock ridicule. You know, with uh, Jack Smith by calling him Simple Jack in front of everybody uh, that was in the lecture, as apparently uh, Seth Wallace did with uh, uh, with Kallenberger. That that's a fireable offense. I I I think that Seth Wallace, once this independent committee does their work and completes what they have to, what, what their findings are, this might be the one. There might still be one more guy uh, that pays a price in this. I think that I think that that, that, the, that I do think the independent review is going to take a, a serious look at that at that complaint, and I, I think they're going to take a serious look at Brian Ferentz too. I because hope so. I know I know in the in the discussion the other day, you know, that we had with, with Kirk when when somebody brought up some of the allegations against Brian, he said, "Well, those have already been dealt with." Well, okay, the review is going to probably look good. Well, how did you deal with it? Right. You know, and so I, so I mean, I think those two are, are, you know, I don't want to say, I don't, you know, you don't want to say they're next, you know, I don't, I don't want to say, right. But I do think, I do think they're going to be the ones that I think, I don't think the review is just going to look at Chris Doyle. I think the review is going to look at all of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to look at all of the allegations that have come out, what's true, what isn't. And I do think those two, I think they're going to take a serious hard look at both of them. What can you tell us about the now new interim strength and conditioning coach, Raymond Braithwaite? He's been with the program for 15 years. He, he was under Doyle during that time. What do we know about him, and, and what do you anticipate before we get to the season? Will there be an opportunity, if there is an Iowa Press Day uh, coming up in, in August, that he'll be available for questions? I hope so, and I think it'll probably be when. And I, I, I think it's a matter of when and not if. I think they take the interim tag off his title at some point. Um, but but I just listening to the players the other day when we had it, they all spoke highly of him. And you know, as, as I said, the, the Doyle process probably the process of not the demeaning part of it, but I mean the actual the actual exercise process and in the in the, the weight training process and all that. He will continue that. But it'll be a better mood within that within that room, I think, and I think he'll be one that'll set a different tone. I mean, like I said, I think that the actual physical process remains the same, but I think the tone changes, and I think that's a, that's very important for this program. Uh, John Bowenkamp from the Hawkeye Maven is our guest. John, was it just Barta there yesterday? I mean, I know Steve Rowe was in the background. There were no players lingering around or any nope. other coaches, were there? No, uh, it was just Barta. And um, you know, I mean, he he addressed uh, he addressed quite a few things. Yesterday. He did. And, I mean, yeah. there was there was a lot of there was a lot of you know. I mean, how can you do this when you did? You know, mm-hmm. looking back, should you have done something different back in the Rabdo you know incident back in 2011? Which I was telling that to somebody yesterday, and they're like, I can't believe that was nine years ago. Right. You know, and, and you know, so um, you know, should you have done something different back then? And you know, and and that sort of thing. And how did you? Why did you come to this point? You know, to, why did you make this agreement? And I do think that basically it was like, what what sort of price can we pay to get rid of you? And I think that's what it was when, in getting rid of Chris Doyle. So I think it was they spent the money. They they've got the separation agreement. This was a big first step. But I think there's a lot of steps left to go yet. 
One final thing. I I was on our buddy Tom Caker's message board yesterday, and when uh, I was sent out a release talking about the latest COVID-19 testing results that they had, I mean, everything on Tom's board gets response after response after response. (laughs) And that little press release that uh, his guy that helps him out, Blair Sanderson, put out, not one response to that. Nobody wants to talk about COVID-19. Very quickly has changed the conversation over at the University of Iowa. Oh, yeah, but it's there. I mean, yeah. we still don't know. We still don't know how many people are going to be allowed at Kinnick this year. Right. We still don't know what sort of tailgating things. And now, and, and that kind of got brought up yesterday. It's like, we still got this going on. We still don't know what this is going to look like come September 5th. You know, and so, I mean, the, the numbers right now, I mean, you know, with three out of 346 tested, I, I think that, that's a positive sign for them moving forward. Now, what happens next? You know, who knows? But but I think that I think that you know those are those are some in fact that's the thing I'm writing for tomorrow is there's still a lot of storylines left for this summer and that's one of them, you know we don't know what Kinnick's going to look like we don't know you know for us in the media we don't know if we're going to have to wear masks in the press box um, as you said earlier we don't know if there's going to be a media day there's still a lot of things on the plate. And it's, what, June 16th. we got a long way to go yet. Indeed we do. Well, we have baseball to take us to, to, towards football season. Will there be MLB, John Bowenkamp? You're a huge Dodger fan. Uh, I'm still convinced that uh, this is all delay tactics by the owners. They don't want to play any more than the 48, the 52, or 54, whatever the number is. They're bound and determined to be finished on September the 27th, or, uh, the regular season. They're not going to go past that. I think they're mm-hmm. back-timing it from that. That's how I see it. How do you see it? I, I think it is because I, I don't think you can just say we're going to play X number of games and we're going to negotiate it out because you have to have a schedule. You have to have, you know, and I think they've got that schedule somewhere of, of 54 games or whatever it is to be done at a certain point. And I think they know what it is and it is a stalling tactic. It's a disgrace. I mean, I mean, Rob Manfred's a disgrace. He's, it's a disgrace what he's doing to minor league baseball. It's a disgrace what he's doing to major league baseball. It's it's inexcusable right now. And they had a chance to do something really special this summer, and, and they've blown it now. The unfortunate part, we're all baseball fans that, that are talking right now. John, we'll get you out on this, but you mentioned what an opportunity that baseball had, and yet again, We've heard this going back to 1994. We're going over 25 years ago. But they have had these opportunities. They've had these moments. And baseball can bring us together. Just watching Sunday night, the 30 for 30 on on Sammy and McGuire and how great that was. The back and forth. Why does it have to continually be this bad between baseball, the owners, and the players? Well, because I think the owners really want want to squash that union. And I think this is a really strong players' union. And I think that I, I think that they just can't get it through their heads that they cannot defeat them. And you know, to do all the things they've been doing, say it says to me, they are want to just squeeze every dollar out of this game right now, rather than make the money they're making now and and make it grow that way. They they they're almost like newspaper owners, I guess. Um, <laughs> you but, know uh, firsthand. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, but I mean, like I said, I think they're just trying to squeeze every dollar out right now, and it's it's a disgrace. I mean, you look at people are watching NASCAR because NASCAR's back. You know, people were people watch golf this weekend because golf is back. You know, you have a chance to catch your audience, and and, and you've got a captive audience right now, and and you're and you're and you're totally blowing it. It just boggles the mind. John Bowenkamp, Hawkeye Maven, John, great stuff. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it as always, John. Thanks for having me on. See you guys later. Yep, take care. John Bowen Camp joining us.
uh, on uh, from the Hawkeye Maven. Life serve blood support next. We will get into the need that is uh, clearly apparent in central Iowa and a big, big event. It's their biggest of 2020. Trent and I will talk to Danielle West coming up next as we take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Condon, 10 minutes before the hour of 11. We take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO and 106.3 FM. Well, Thursday, the Blood Donor Day here in Central Iowa. Blood Donor Day 2020, COVID-19, life Serve Blood Center's big event. It's at Valley West Mall. It starts at 9 in the morning. It goes to 7 at night. It's by appointment only. And Danielle West, our friend from LifeServe, uh, she's back with us to tell us more. Danielle, Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, it's almost here. Thursday uh, will be here before we know it. Uh, looked at the weather, but while we were in commercial break, looks like it might hold off as far as the rain, but the uh, rain or shine, the event goes on Valley West Mall and by appointment only, which is, I, I'm assuming, is all part of the uh, the precautions that you guys uh, at LifeServe have put in place. Yeah, absolutely. We are only taking donors by appointment right now, just so we know exactly how many donors will be there at one time and we can properly social distance everybody. It's been such a trying time. And Danielle, we've been talking to you going back to March and through the uh, pandemic that has hit across the country. 500 blood drives have been canceled uh, for you guys through that. I know the big companies here in town, the NCMICs, the the places like Principal, places like that that normally you know, get the employees over you, get those numbers, and the ones that you have all across the city and across the state have gone away. It's hit crisis level, and for people, I know there are concerns out there, but if you can, just explain a little bit the importance of what you do and the blood that goes to hospitals across the area. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, we've had so many businesses that really don't have their team members back and they had consistent drives weekly, monthly that we unfortunately don't think will come back on our calendar anytime soon. We're also heading into a challenging time of year. The summer is always tough for us. People get busy, don't think about blood donation, but there also is a higher need in the summer. Our hospitals refer to it as trauma season because they normally need more blood products. And we are the only provider to all of our central Iowa hospitals. So the only blood that blank Mercy, Mercy Methodist Lutheran get is mm. from LifeServe donors. So we try to remind people that your donation is truly going to help your community. And this is a really important time to continue that even through this COVID-19 pandemic. And, and summers, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is, is summer maybe of the four seasons normally the, the season that has the biggest need? Yes, absolutely. Um, like I said, our physicians know that the need will go up as people get busy. They're yep. more out and about, which we've already seen already. And that need definitely rises. We have requests higher than where we were prior to COVID-19. So we're doing everything we can to boost the blood supply back up to make sure that we have safe levels for our hospitals. 
it, it's such a great company that, that you work with, Danielle, and, and something that I didn't realize until our conversation started is that over 120 hospitals here across the state of Iowa, Nebraska, South Dakota, you are the sole provider of blood for and blood many? products for that many hospitals here. It shows you the importance of what LifeServe is. Yes, absolutely. We serve kind of a tri-state area, so the majority of Iowa come from LifeServe, and then we also support some hospitals in Nebraska and South Dakota. If we have more and we can help other people nationwide that need it, we do that as well, but our number one priority are our regional hospitals and they only get their donations from LifeServe. So let's uh, let, let's do this, a hypothetical. My appointment's Thursday at 4 o'clock. I show up at Valley West Mall at 4 o'clock. Take me through it. Sure. So we are going to be located on the upper level near Von Mar in a couple empty storefronts. So we're directing donors to enter the northwest side of the building so they can find us right away. Mm -hmm. We're going to welcome them, have them do their quick pass so they can fill out their history questions prior to coming into their appointment that day or while they're there waiting to get into their donation. So if people want to save time, they could fill that out that morning before they come in. And then we're going to have really two blood drives going on in two different storefronts. We have so many team members and volunteers that are going to be there to get people through as quickly as possible. And then we have, you know, a T-shirt, an oil change. We have all kind of incentives for donors to at the end after their donation. So uh, if I filled out my paperwork in advance and my appointment is at 4 o'clock and everything goes according to plan, I'm back in my car and heading to where I need to be uh, in how long? Half an hour? Normally it's 30 to 45 minutes. So if they do that history questionnaire ahead of time, then we register them. They just need a form of identification or their blood donor card. And then they'll get right into what we call kind of their pre-screening donor um, history. We take their blood pressure, pulse, hemoglobin. That usually takes five to ten minutes. And then really their donation, the actual donation side, is really five to ten minutes. They're, They're in the chair giving that blood donation. And then we usually ask them to wait ten minutes in our canteen before they take off. So people want to donate, go online, lifeserveblloodcenter.org is where you can go. And as I was looking at the website, something that, that I didn't realize, critical need right now for O-positive blood, less than a two-day supply of that blood type, O-plus. Uh, urgent needs right now for A-plus, A-B-plus, B-plus, B-minus, and O-negative, a two- to three-day supply. Shows you the importance of this. And for people, if you can do it, get out there Thursday and help everybody out. Yeah, we get the question a lot, you know, what blood types are in need? And really, truly, everyone is in need right now. If they've never donated before, we encourage them to come out. This is a fun first-time blood drive for people. If you haven't donated in a while, we'd love to see you. And regular blood donors, come on out, because we still have around 100 appointments that we're trying to fill. And it's by appointment only, lifeserveBloodCenter.org, lifeserveBloodCenter.org, or you can call 800-287-4903, 800-287-4903. Danielle, do you know if those open appointments are mostly afternoon, uh, morning, or evening? Do you have any idea? They're mostly in the afternoon and then towards the evening. I think a lot of our morning appointments are filled, so I would say middle of the day or later. Good stuff, Danielle. Best of luck to you. It's indoors, so the weather's not going to play a factor at all, but you'll get parked nice and close. Northwest entrance 
uh, of uh, of Valley West Mall is where you'll be, and you're right outside Von Moore in a couple of shops. Uh, and there's a very critical need. It's your biggest blood drive of the season, and we wish you nothing but the best, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good to speak with you, Danielle West, LifeServeBloodCenter.org. NCMIC makes it possible for us to be able to do these community service uh, little four one ones, if you will, if you if you have the time uh, on Thursday, Thursday afternoon, by the sounds of things, and into the evening, those are the majority of the appointments. But you have to go online uh, and get your appointment, schedule your appointment in advance. LifeServeBloodCenter.org. dot org. And uh, last year, last fall, right before the Iowa State game, we were out of Principal Park for one of their blood drives. I had it done. Was it before the show that I did that? No, I think it was after. I don't remember. I remember you had it done. Yeah, and it was quick. It might have been before. You know, yeah. I think it was beforehand. Yeah, we got there. We got set up. It was, it was a chilly Hawk, day. right? It, it was. was. A, was it Friday of Cyhawk week? It was. Yeah, really cold out there that day. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is, with those blood drives, well, you get to go inside. I got to warm up a little bit as you <laughs> yeah. were sitting out there freezing. Well, they wouldn't take the Canadian wind. blood. No, no. Is there something wrong with it? At all, I hope not. Different shade of red? I guess. Anyways, we will uh, get into the 11 o'clock hour next. Matt Holt, U.S. Integrity, uh, Inc. will join us. And then Zuba Mahente. Will college football be on the betting board this fall? How about the NFL? Matt Holt will opine as we take you until noon. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And 106.3 FM.